Thank you to Contentful for supporting our podcast. I'm Marcelo Lewin, and this is the Contentful Creators Podcast, Season 1, Episode 20. So let's get to it. Hello and welcome to Season 1, Episode 20 of the Contentful Creators Podcast, where I have conversations with content architects, designers, developers, and other creators who use the Contentful content platform and related technologies to create web experiences. I'm your host, Marcelo Lewin, a content solutions architect and a certified Contentful professional. Today, I'll be chatting all about Postman, a collaboration platform for API development with my guest, Tim Lutamella, a certified Contentful professional, Contentful partner and software developer from Finland, which you probably know very well by now since this is his third time as my guest in this podcast. But before we get started, if you want more podcast episodes, tutorials, webinars, and blog articles all focus on creating web experiences using Contentful and related technologies, just remember to visit www.contentfulcreators.com. All right, Temu, welcome back for your third time. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be back for the hat trick. I'm happy to have you back. And I think I'm just going to call you the honorary host from this point on, because I think you're a guest if you do it once or twice. But when you come back the third time, I think you become basically either host or co-host. Like a part of the official crew now. I think so. I'd be waiting for my t-shirt. Yes, you'll get your t-shirt soon. As soon as I get mine, I don't have one yet. (laughs) So why don't we start out as always, I ask all my guests about your background. Many people know about you already because I've heard you before. But for those that haven't heard you on the podcast before, why don't you tell us about your background? And also for those interested, Temu has done two other podcast episodes. One was on Ruby on Rails with Contentful. And the other one was on migrating from Drupal. So look him up and you'll find him on the Contentful Creators podcast. But go ahead and tell us a bit more about your background. Maybe stuff has changed since last we spoke. Sure. I'm a software developer. I work for a company called Reason, and currently I'm designing and developing a REST API for a custom ERP system. The application is built with the Ruby framework called Sinatra, which we talked about in episode three, as well as a MySQL database and an ORM library called SQL, as well as Elasticsearch. So how did you get into Contentful itself? Well, that was back in 2015 or something like that. My employer at the time was looking for options to replace its current content management system, which was Drupal. So the company wanted something a bit more modern and agile. So we took a look at Contentful and it was the closest thing that we wanted at the time. So we went that way. Why don't we jump in and let's start with Postman. So why don't we define Postman? What is Postman for those that are not familiar with it? In the simplest possible terms, I would describe Postman as a development environment for building, testing and sharing HTTP requests. That is, however, a gross understatement. I've been using Postman for a year practically every day, and I still feel like I've barely scratched the surface. So what's your primary use of Postman? You say to use it on a daily basis. What do you primarily use it for? I do REST API and backend development. Postman helps me and my team to keep track of all the available API endpoints that the application has. Most of the time, Postman is used for everyday development work, like sending various types of HTTP requests and payloads to the application backend and making sure it's 
performing the desired function. Explain to those that aren't familiar with payloads. What are payloads? Payload is basically the content that is being sent with the HTTP request. It can be a number of things. It can be plain text, it can be JSON, it can be query parameters in a URL. So it's basically a way to control what you're asking the API to do through the payload? Yes, essentially. That makes a lot of sense. So with Postman, not only can you do, let's say, like a get or a post, but then you can define what that payload that you're sending can be. Yes, that is correct. In addition to all the typical HTTP methods like get, post, put, head, delete, patch options, and so on, Postman enables you to define what is the type of payload that is being sent. Is it JSON? Is it XML? Is it form data? I see. So why use Postman, let's say, are we using curl on a command line? Postman is all about convenience and management. For example, the ERP system I'm currently developing has over 75 individual endpoints. Then you have all the third-party integrations on top of that. So keeping track of all those requests and payload examples gets really hairy without a dedicated tool. Also, anyone who's had to set headers for a HTTP request using curl knows that messing around with the various command line parameters gets tedious really fast. So Postman makes generating headers really easy by providing a purpose-built form. Another thing that is not very practical on the command line is analyzing the response of our HTTP requests. Depending on the situation, a typical response can be HTML, JSON, XML, or plain text. Postman can detect the type of the response and either render the HTML just like a browser would, which is known as the preview mode, or provide code highlighting for JSON or XML, which is known as the pretty mode. Then there's the raw mode, which displays the response exactly like it is without any kind of styling or parsing. Now, they talk about in the website that you're able to have collaboration with Postman. So how do you mitigate onboarding with new developers and collaboration in general using Postman? As Postman is a shared environment, it's easy to share the current state and functions of the application and provide payload examples. So the front-end developers can see exactly what kind of payload they should be sending to the back-end. This happens in real time, so the rest of the team doesn't have to wait until someone pushes the changes to the Git repository. Whenever we bring new developers to the project, the first thing we do is introduce them into our Postman workgroup because it provides a clear, structured overview of the application without having to read through a massive traditional documentation. It's also much more interactive, so the new developers can instantly get more hands-on with the application. Regarding documentation then, so does that mean that this replaces traditional documentation or it's in addition to? Postman can replace a traditional written documentation to a degree, yes, but I still prefer to maintain a traditional documentation on the side. In my opinion, any Git repository should always have a readme file for installation instructions and additional information like that. While Postman is great for demonstrating how things work, it's not necessarily the best tool for explaining why things work the way they do. Furthermore, an application like ours also has tons of functionality like rake tasks. 
that have nothing to do with HTTP requests. So documenting them on Postman would not be very practical. That makes a lot of sense. So basically it's an addition to, right? When you're in Postman, you can use a lot of the documentation there, but overall you would maintain your traditional documentation as well. Yeah, essentially you should have both. Right. So let's talk about environments in Postman. What are those and how can you work with multiple environments? I'm going to give you an example. Let's say your application is installed in three environments. First, you have the local development environment on your own computer. This is where you do typically most of the development work. Then you have the staging environment, which is accessible for only the development team and the customer. This is where the final testing and approval is done before releasing new features to the end users. Finally, you have the production environment, which is the version of the application that the end users have access to. All these environments are essentially the same application with the same functionality, but each of them is in, in a different URL, possibly in a different port number, and they have their own access credentials and so on. I see. So in general, you would mimic the environments that you currently have, let's say, as Git repositories in Postman. So if you have a master environment, your production, and then you have a staging environment, you would probably end up setting up the same thing in Postman. So developers can switch between environments when they're testing, let's say, staging new features versus production current features. The closest example I could think of at the top of my head would be environments and spaces used in Contentful, because it's essentially always the same API, but you are sending different things to it, like access tokens. Right. That totally ties it with the content environments, right? We have multiple environments within Contentful as well for staging and production. So that makes a lot of sense where you could tie your API for testing purposes, whether you want to go to staging or you want to go to your master environment. So let's talk about collections and folders. What are those? Collections and folders are both ways to bundle and organize the HTTP requests stored in your Postman workspace. But collections have way, way more functionality. You can, for example, define who is able to view or edit the requests stored in the collection, build test sequences by executing all requests stored in the collection and monitor the response times. You can generate documentation of the collection and last but not least, export the collection as a JSON file. This way, you can share your Postman collections with people who don't have access to your workgroup. Can you share them as public access? So, for example, if I want to create a collection to hit, let's say, a particular API that's a public API, can I share that as a public collection that anybody can download and insert into their Postman to start playing with that API? Yes, exactly. You can just export the collection as a JSON file and share it wherever in GitHub, for example. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about folders. Are those just ways of organizing things within the collections themselves? Yes, that is correct. Got it. So let's switch to workspaces and you have groups and privileges, which obviously seems to tie to collections. But can you expand on those three? A workspace is the shared development environment that is stored in the cloud. Groups are a way to define which users have the same privileges, so access can be managed on a group level instead for each user individually. And just to be clear, this is not a replacement for the access control in your application. 
this is just a way to control who can see and who can do what in the work group. Of Postman, right, not of your API. Your API, you still have to do all your security controls within the API itself. Yes, exactly. Right. So it really sounds like, as they call it, a platform. I mean, I know it started as a testing app for testing the APIs they were working on, but it really has become like this major platform now with so much functionality in it, one of them being the ability to test. Can you explain how testing is accomplished in Postman? Sure. There's the collection running and monitoring that I previously mentioned. Then there are the request tests that are executed whenever a particular HTTP request itself is executed. Individual request tests can be written in JavaScript and Postman provides code snippet templates for some basic test cases like checking that the response has the desired response code or the response contains the desired string, for example. Can you give us some examples of what kind of tests would you write? Typical really simple use case is that if you send X in, Y must come out. So that would be the most simple possible test case. And of course, the response codes are another really typical use case. So for example, when you're sending a request to an API endpoint that you know does not exist, you should receive code 401 as the response which means not found. Got it. You're testing for the output you're expecting or you're testing for a return code to make sure that it was successful or not found or whatever other HTTP code you were expecting. Yes. And another good example would be chaining requests in sequence. So let's say you have two endpoints in your API, one for receiving data and one for putting out data, read and write. So you first send the predetermined payload to the endpoint that is receiving data. And then you make another request to the endpoint that is putting out data. So that way you build a testing sequence for both writing and reading. Well, that brings up a very interesting question, which I often wondered was, I normally, when I'm using Postman, you're just calling the endpoint and you get something back, or you're calling it to read data, or you're calling it to write data. But what if you want to, so I guess testing is the way to do this, actually, I'm answering myself here. But basically, if you want to call an endpoint that requires data from a previous call, you would write a test for that. Is that what you're saying? Yes, and you can use something called pre-request script which is executed before the actual HTTP request is executed. This is very similar to the tests that are being executed while the HTTP request is being executed. The syntax is pretty much the same. This can be also written in JavaScript, but the only difference is that they are executed before. The pre-request scripts. Yeah. I see. So what you would do is write a pre-request script calling an endpoint asking for XYZ data, then pass that to the actual query that you've created as the input, basically. Yes, that is correct. I see. So does Postman work with GraphQL or is it only REST? Yes, Postman does work with GraphQL starting from the version 7.2 upwards. And this is particularly interesting now that Contentful's new community edition gave everyone access to the GraphQL API. 
there are two features that I know neither of us haven't really worked with much, but it'd be interesting to find out a little bit more about. One of them in Postman is the CLI. You have a CLI built in, which is interesting, right? Because we talked about how it's kind of a pain to work with curl and the CLI, and now they offer a CLI. So it'd be interesting to know why they offer a CLI. And then they also offer an API, a Postman API. So maybe you can give us a little bit of overview on each of them. Sure. We talked earlier about running collections as a testing method. Postman has a CLI tool called Newman, which enables you to run collections from the command line and integrate the functionality into your existing CI or build pipeline. Postman API enables you to remotely access, edit, and run collections and requests, as well as access data in your workspace, such as environments and so on. So you can use the CLI to do your CI/CD, and then the API to access the data within Postman? Yes, pretty much. Got it. So I know they offer variables in Postman. What are those used for, and what are some of the variable scopes available? Variables are closely related to environments. Postman enables you to define environments that have their own variables. For example, imagine a situation where you have multiple contentful spaces or environments and each has their own individual IDs and access tokens. With Postman, you can store those IDs and access tokens as environmental variables, which means you can have only a single HTTP request stored in Postman But by selecting the environment, you control where it's being sent to. In addition to environmental variables, which have their own environment-dependent value, you can also have global variables that have the same value in every environment. For example, the URL of Contentful's delivery API would be a good use case or a global variable. And the access token would be a good case for the environment variable. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So imagining you have a hundred calls or a hundred different queries created in Postman and they all use a URL to call that having that hard-coded and then you have to change the URL would be a major pain where you would basically define it as a variable and then you can just change the variable and all the calls would use the new value. Yes, exactly. One might think that API URLs don't change all that often. And it's true, they don't, but it happens. It happens once in a blue moon, but it happens. And I can think of one example. Contentful's asset APIs URL the domain names have actually changed. So while it's not very typical, it does happen in real life. And imagine a situation where you have hard-coded the API URL in each of dozens and dozens of HTTP requests, just like you described. Yeah, it would be a major pain to update. So yeah, and you wouldn't do that in your production code anyway either, right? You would have variables for certain things like that. So that makes a lot of sense. So I know you mentioned this before, but maybe it's worth repeating the request method types that are supported by Postman. Yeah, so Postman supports pretty much all the standard HTTP methods like get, post, put, head, delete, patch, options, and even some really esoteric ones like PropBind, which I personally don't recall ever using. I think it has something to do with WebDAV calendars. So what's the difference between Postman Monitors and Postman Collection Runner? A collection runner enables you to build test sequences by running a set of requests in a predetermined order. 
Monitors, on the other hand, enable you to run those sequences in scheduled intervals, as the name suggests, to monitor the state of your application. Are there any other tools that are similar to Postman that you recommend, or is Postman pretty much the industry standard? I'm not aware of any other tools like Postman. I'm sure there are, but Postman has worked so well for me, so... I never had to look for alternatives. Do you know if Postman supports plugins or anything like that to extend its functionality? I'm not sure. That's something I would have to look into. Yeah, that would be interesting if they're planning on doing that. I don't know if it supports it either. So, All right, Temu, as always, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. You have so much information to always share. That's why you're back here for the third time. Should we get you on the record to say you're going to come back for a fourth time and then we'll figure out whatever that topic is? I would imagine it's almost certain. I think at this point we can say pretty definitively it's a certainty. You know, at this point, I think I could retire and you just take over. Oh, that would be an editing nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Temu, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time that you took to share all your knowledge with us and the community. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure as always. Now, if people want to get a hold of you, do you want to give some sort of contact information? You can find me at Contentful Slack community. Yeah, and you're there all the time. So you're always answering questions there as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you to the rest of you. I'm glad you were here with us. Just a quick reminder to visit www.contentfulcreators.com for more podcast episodes, tutorials, webinars, and blog articles. So until the next episode, I'm your host, Marcella Lewin. Cheers, everyone. Everyone.